welcome. It's here. The time has come. We made it to episode 100. Thank you all for joining us here on the Sports Gospel Show. Whether this is your first time listening or your hundredth time, we're happy to have you here with us, Darren and Andrew, on this week's show. And just kind of happy to reach this monumental platform and that we've been able to do this for so long and hopefully can keep it going well into the future. We we really play for the love of the game and really just enjoy doing this and getting to do some research and nerd out on sports and share our opinions. If you're new to our show, we do try to do a positive sports show. We stay away from the hot takes and the incendiary topics for the most part. We try to be silly and have fun, but inject it with some serious research and some thought-provoking topics. Currently battling a bit of a cold, sinus infection, something, so very stuffed up, so apologies if that gets in the way here, so I'll try not to cough on Mike this week. Uh, Andrew back with us. Had to give Andrew a little bit of a respite after the college basketball season and the the loss of his Hawkeyes in the national title game, but do you, do you feel better? Are you back at 100%? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever be back at 100%. I don't know if I'll ever be the same man again, but I'm glad to be here, I guess. Run it back, LSU, Iowa women, 2024. I, okay, you convinced me. Let's do it. We Now that we've, we've got the Angel Reese-Caitlin Clark rivalry, let's keep it going. Sure, let's do it. Hopefully Iowa loads up on some transfers so they can compete. A couple of weeks ago, we said we were going to try this. We've never done it before. Done similar things, but nothing quite like this. The 10 top 10 lists to come up with the 100 greatest athletes in American sports history. And Andrew took five. I took five. We're going to go back and forth and maybe give some critiques to each other's list if we don't like some of the names that were added or some of the names that were left off. And I've got first dibs here. So we're going to we're gonna try this. We tend to call things in the ring here. We give each other a concept of, okay, let's talk about it this week. And then we work independent of each other. So try to do the, the pro wrestling call it in the ring approach. So I am up here first with Major League Baseball. And for my list, these are the 10 greatest Major League Baseball players of all time. Starting at 10, going up to one. Number 10, one of the one of the current era stars, the most modern player, just retired. I've got to put Albert Pujols on there. He's the guy who really kind of bridged baseball coming out of the steroid era into this new era of baseball. So props to Pujols, the surefire Hall of Famer. I think he's going to go down in the record books as one of the all-time greats. You could argue that my viewpoint is altered by my age, but I think Pujols is absolutely deserving to be up here in the, the top 1% of 1% of baseball players of all time. Coming in at number nine for me, maybe just the best pure hitter in the history of the game, Tyrus Raymond Cobb. May not be the most likable, maybe the most unlikable person to ever play the game, but Stats are stats, performance is performance, and Ty Cobb ranks up there, especially when you look at hits. Uh, second all-time to only Pete Rose, who was just on the outside looking in. Pete Rose is probably in my top 15, just not top 10. But Ty Cobb, 4,189 hits, and I do believe still has the greatest career batting average of all time. So Ty Cobb comes in there for me at number nine. Number eight, one of Ty Cobb's contemporaries, but if... If Ty Cobb was the lightning, this guy was the thunder. Honus Wagner, the big bat for the Pittsburgh Pirates. The guy that they talk about could play every position but pitcher and probably could pitch if you really needed him to in a doubleheader. Honus Wagner, he was your Pujols before Pujols or Bonds or Mike Trout. Really, that's a good comparison to Mike Trout 100 years ago. Number seven, another guy from back in the ragtime music era. Number seven, Walter Johnson. 
couple of Johnsons on this list for a bit of a spoiler, but really the first, not first, kind of coming after Cy Young, the next amazing pitcher, Walter Johnson, still an all-time great. Number six for me, the greatest closer of all time, Enter Sandman, Mariano Rivera. Most saves, the the guy you want in clutch time out there, Mariano Rivera for the Yankees. Number five, I think maybe a bit of a surprise for some people. I'm going Greg Maddox. I have two back-to-back, relatively modern era pitchers on here. Talk about control, doing everything. Greg Maddox, one of the all-time greats, absolutely deserving to be in the top five for me. And right next to him, my highest-ranked pitcher. I didn't think he would be on here. Again, critique me for my age and my era. I've got Randy Johnson. I think he's the best pitcher of all time. The near seven-footer, the long, the lanky, could bring fire, could give me the big unit, Randy Johnson, coming in at number four as the best pitcher of all time. So that should give you a tip that my top three are all batters. And I feel like you probably know who they are. Number three is, depending on who you ask, still the home run king, Hank Aaron. Long uh, Longevity is there. Performance is there. The home run, Hank Aaron could do anything, whether it was with the Braves or the Brewers. It's giving me Mr. Aaron. And then my top two here, I think I may upset some people. I'm putting the Bambino at number two. He may be the most famous American athlete of all time. I think you could argue he and Michael Jordan probably have that honor. Maybe Muhammad Ali is just the biggest icons of American sports. But I've got Babe Ruth coming in at number two. Still the leader in war. Changed the game. Turned it into a long ball game before him. Nobody really hit home runs en masse. Babe Ruth turned that around. Still the biggest name in the history of the sport, but I think when you actually put them on the diamond, there was one guy who was just a little bit better. Say, hey, kid, Willie Mays, Hall of Fame, two-time MVP, rookie of the year, batting title, 12-time gold glove, 24-time all-star. Every accolade you could give a player, he's got 24 years in the majors is crazy. 2,000 hits. 660 home runs, 1,900 RBIs. The man could do everything. Maybe the best defensive outfielder of all time. San Francisco Giant, great. Willie Mays at my number one. So you have the 10. Albert Pujols, Ty Cobb, Honus Wagner, Walter Johnson, Mariana Rivera, Greg Maddox, Randy Johnson, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, Willie Mays. You know, I can't really critique any of those choices, I guess. Who were some guys that you just left out? Because the name that kept popping up in my mind was Nolan Ryan. And I was just curious if you considered him or thought about him at all. Or guys like Barry Bonds or Derek Jeter or Roger Clemens. What did you do with some of those guys who are maybe more recent? My Kind of my 11 to 15, Ted Williams is the first one. He was the one that I was kind of coin flipping was Ted Williams versus Albert Pujols. I had Barry Bonds down there at that 12, 13. You mentioned Nolan Ryan. He was one that I liked the longevity and the the guy could throw 100 miles an hour any day of the week. But really the other stats, when you total them all up, guys like Walter Johnson, Randy Johnson, and Maddox stood out a little higher. But my yeah, my tier just on the outside looking in, Ted Williams was there. Roger Clemens was there. Nolan Ryan, just a little bit below that. Bonds, just a little bit below that. Um, yeah, so many great names in the history of the sport. It's it, Baseball, I'm not going to say it was the toughest, but probably the most bodies to choose from when you consider they've been around since 1867, I believe, as an organized league. I mean, it's really tough to narrow it down. And you could probably get 100 different lists from 100 different people on the top 10 of all time. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking with baseball because you might get some people who really think Ken Griffey Jr. is great or yeah. Cubs fans with Sammy Sosa, right? Or 
whoever else or any banks if you want to if you want to go back that far but yeah i think that's definitely a, a tough list to compile there so yeah. it's, it's it's a fun one i i enjoy nerding out on the ken burns baseball documentaries so it it's kind of like getting to okay what did i learn when i listen to those people talk about and you know people like josh gibson and satchel page josh gibson's one we can that's a whole nother social conversation about the segregation in baseball but if Josh Gibson would have been able to play his full career in the majors, he probably would have been easily in this top five. It's just tough to measure his stats against you know, the copious records we have of the other players. Really surprised you didn't throw Michael Jordan in your top 10. You know, he played baseball. Uh, I prefer Deion Sanders as my dual sport baseball player. Uh, I'm kind of a Bo Jackson guy in terms of dual sport baseball players. I'm reading a book about Bo Jackson right now by Jeff Perlman. It's taken me way longer to read than it should, but it's like 450 pages of Bo Jackson stories. And this uh, Perlman writes for the Sports Illustrated, does a really good job. But you get very mixed feelings on Bo Jackson from reading it. But that's a story for another day. Hmm. Gotcha. Well, I uh, I don't know. I think that's a whole other conversation is who are some of the best multi-sport athletes. Probably should have been one of our lists next time. I um, I, I found a way to jam one of them into my list because we had to have them on somewhere. So more on that in a bit. Nice. Well, I kind of uh, was gifted with or asked for the sort of miscellaneous list, if you will, everything else, I guess we're calling it, um, which is outside of, you know, the major sports. So we're really looking at tennis and soccer and golf with this list. And I know we said players, but I took a different route with my number 10 and number nine entries on this everything else list. And I think I can explain it in a way that makes sense. And my number 10 on the everything else list is James A. Naismith. I put Naismith here because he invented basketball. It's my favorite sport. We wouldn't be talking about any of these basketball players that I'm going to talk about later if it wasn't for James Naismith. So I got to put him at number 10 in the everything else category because I couldn't find anywhere else to put him. I know we said no coaches or, or whatever, but we I felt like I had to. Um, number nine, I had to, for kind of similar reasons as Naismith, I had to put Vince Lombardi, hmm. the trophy in the NFL, Super Bowl. It's named after him. Maybe the NFL doesn't exist in the capacity that it does today without Vince Lombardi. So for the pure history of basketball and football, I'm throwing those two guys in my list. Felt like I had to mention them. So that's where my list starts for this miscellaneous list. Took a lot of liberties with this one. Um, Number eight, I felt like I had to give a shout out to this great athlete, um, she's the greatest female tennis player of all time, undisputed. Serena Williams. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know how else to say it. Um, don't think there's a lot of debate. Felt like she deserved recognition, so I'm putting Serena Williams here at number eight. Keeping on the tennis theme, one of the greatest male tennis players of all time, Roger Federer, coming in at number seven for me. Uh, a lot of people viewed him as the greatest, but he got passed by a couple guys who will appear on this list later. Spoiler alert. Um, so many grand slams, 
remember watching him dominate through most of my young adult life, adolescent life as well, and having a lot of battles with Rafael Nadal, who will probably appear later on this list. Spoiler alert. Um, I may upset some people with my next pick as he's the number two golfer on my list. And that is Jack Nicklaus. Uh, he was the best. He's supplanted by the guy who's coming up later on this list. And I think you can probably tell, but um, one of the throwbacks really responsible for growing the game of golf um, and making it kind of what it is today in the modern era. So give me Jack Nicholas at number six at number five, again, going back in a little bit of a time machine, but got to give uh, props and, and pay homage to one of the greatest soccer players of all time. And that is Pele. A good bet to f- find out if you're going to make my list. If you're known by one name, just a singular name, you're probably going to make one of these top 10 lists. Um, so that's why I've got Pele here at number five and number four, I mentioned him earlier, Rafael Nadal, uh, one of the best clay court players. It seems like he won every single French open for all of my lifetime. I know he didn't, but I know that he really dominated the French and for a while there was a narrative that he couldn't win on grass, but he obviously broke through and won at Wimbledon, which is uh, viewed as one of the more prestigious tennis tournaments out there is of course the one I paid the most attention to not that the U S open and French open aren't great tournaments, but I, I really paid attention to Wimbledon the most growing up. And I think a lot of people did. Um, so Nadal has had a lot of success in his career. Got to be on this list. Um, and number three, I'm going to go ahead and put the uh, greatest soccer player of all time. We just saw him uh, compete in the World Cup and take it down, and that's Lionel Messi, widely regarded as the greatest soccer player of all time. Uh, I've got him at number three overall. Number two, I mean, what, what else can I say other than the Joker? 22 Grand Slams, Novak Djokovic, number two of all time and number one on this list of everything else it's tiger woods uh you mentioned babe ruth being iconic michael jordan being iconic muhammad ali being iconic i think tiger woods is in that exact same vein there's been a lot of off the course stuff with him that's gone on that I know some people don't like. I'm not going to get into all of that, but I think what he's done on the course is undeniable. And if Tiger is at the Masters or any of the other championships, you're paying a little bit more attention if you're just the casual golf fan than you would if he wasn't present. And the day that Tiger's not there, there's going to be kind of a, a huge void that's left behind similar to the way that it kind of was in the three, four years post Jordan before LeBron showed up. So that that's kind of how I feel. I feel like Tiger Woods is the most influential person on this list and is responsible for probably what's going to be multiple generations of golf carrying on. So 
I've got Tiger Woods number one. Give those to me quick again, 10 to 1. I feel like I'm missing one. I went the inventor of basketball at number 10, Naismith. Number 9, Lombardi. 8, Serena. Federer at 7. Jack Nicholas at 6. Pele at 5. Nadal at 4. Messi at 3. Djokovic at 2. Woods at number 1. This was... This was a really tough category because how do you compare the importance of like a golfer to a tennis player to a soccer player? I didn't really, I don't think I really succeeded in coming up with a good way to measure greatness. I think it's more of just a gut feel for me. So you could really convince me about anyone's position on this list, except number one, I think I'm, and sec- except number 10 and number nine, I feel like they got to be on the list. And that seemed like the most appropriate place to put them. And I- I'm really set on number one, but anything else in between, you could convince me in a lot of directions. Too many soccer players for my liking. Uh, but I-, I agree with you, Tiger. And that's, that's an interesting conversation. If we look back in a hundred years, because I think you have three of them right now in Tom Brady, Tiger Woods and LeBron who are three of the most iconic U.S. athletes of all time. I wonder how many of them will stay there. Will we remember them like we do Babe Ruth? And Jordan hasn't been out of the game near that as long as Babe Ruth. But those guys feel like their names are going to stand the test of time. It's been 100 years since Babe Ruth, and we still know him. I just wonder, will these three, and I think Tiger is one of those guys who has that mystique, and the the off-the-courts or off-the-links stuff will fade. But I still think that what he did, people are just going to remember that name. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel too. And same way with Muhammad Ali, I think that's another name that will be remembered for the same amount of time as Babe Ruth. Was there anybody who just missed the cut for this one? I thought about a lot of other tennis players like um, Pete Sampras, John McEnroe, Andre Agassi, uh, Arnold Palmer was in here. I thought about maybe giving love to like Megan Rapino or Mia Hamm or that kind of a, that kind of a thing. So I, I had a lot of other directions that I wanted to go, but I, I just left those names off my list. Is there anyone who you would have added that I omitted? Uh, again, you had a tough task with this one, trying to take, the kind of everything else and narrow it down. Um, I That's the golfers are the interesting one. Would a, a Sam Snead or an Arnold Palmer make this list? Again, I don't know enough about soccer to be able to give soccer opinions on, you know, should um, Ronaldo be on here? Or Ronaldinho. I don't know enough about those people, but I think we kind of covered it all. Those are your, when you look at popular U S sports that are not covered anywhere else, I think you got a really golf tennis and, um, Where's uh, the third one here? Golf, tennis, and what's the one I'm missing? Kind of co- soccer covered a lot of it. Soccer, yeah. Ronaldo and Diego Maradona um, was kind of a, a couple other soccer names that I was considering, and Maradona, obviously, long career as a manager too, impressive as well. But we were mostly going for athletes. All right, so back to me for the the third list. 
And I'm going combat sports for my second list here. And if you've listened to more than five minutes of the show, you know, this is not Andrew's favorite thing. This is boxers, collegiate wrestlers, MMA fighters. I did leave out pro wrestlers. I was going to try to make pro wrestlers one of the list, but I figured you would scoff at that. Um, no, probably not. Uh, I would have been, I would have been down. I mean, I don't know a lot about pro wrestling and the lore, but I think I could have uh, been down and on board with pro wrestling. So, all right, go ahead. Fire away. If you want to drop the NFL, we can do pro wrestling instead of an NFL list. Uh, yeah, but you're going to have to help me out. (laughs) All right. So our, we're calling it the combat sports list in my number 10 here. I'm going with the guy who I think is in the conversation for top three of MMA fighters of all time. And that is George St. Pierre, the quiet Canadian, the French Canadian just seems like such a nice guy, but then he is your surgical precision guy in the cage. If, uh, if you've never gotten into MMA or he's one of the names you may know, but he's just, just really smart. He's not your wild man out there fighting, just slow, controlled, but does everything with technical precision. Just knew, knew all the, all the tools. Claims he's retired. I think he still has a fight or two left in the tank if he really wants it. But George St. Pierre to me is in the probably top three conversation for men's MMA fighters of all time. Number nine here, I went with Jack Johnson. Boxing is tough for me. I don't know enough about it. I uh, know a little bit, know the big names. Uh, Jack Johnson really also for the cultural impact as well. One of the, the great names that people still know. Um, don't know if he was the first, but one of the early African-American heavyweight champions in boxing it was really a cultural phenomenon at his time in the early 1900s into the 1920s. So Jack Johnson, they're getting number nine. Number eight may seem like kind of a, a low ranking to some people, but I went Mike Tyson other than Ali, maybe still the most famous fighter or uh, boxer of all time. Uh, can't deny his impact. Can't deny when he was at his peak of his powers. I just think he maybe had a shorter window of greatness as opposed to some of the others. But Mike Tyson is cultural relevance performance in the, in the ring. He's up there. Number seven, I'm going to Amanda Nunez. Uh, if you're not familiar, uh, Amanda Nunez, the, Best female MMA fighter of all time. Don't let her loss about a year or so ago tell you otherwise. She's dominant. She's what everybody thinks Ronda Rousey is. She is she is the GOAT. The Lioness is the greatest female MMA fighter we've seen in the history of the sport up to this point. She comes in at number seven for me. Number six, the guy for the longest time as I had the best pure MMA fighter of all time. Lost some of that luster and a guy coming up on the other side has taken that crown and that's Anderson Silva the spider the great Brazilian boxer really when I first got into MMA he was the Tom Brady of the sport hung on for a little bit uh, still a lot of records and his reign as the middleweight champion and just so fun to watch the crazy things he could do and whether or not you wanted to grapple or the boxing on the feet check out the Forrest Griffin finish check out any of his Chael Sonnen stuff Anderson Silva was always a treat and a pure entertainer in the MMA game Number five is my uh, another boxer we have here, Joe Lewis, the Brown Bomber. Uh, I remember ta- taking a class in college, and the professor had like a whole month-long section on Joe Lewis and what he meant to the cultural zeitgeist and could also get it done in the ring, a, a transformative boxer and one of the greatest heavyweight lineal champions of all time. Going up to number four, my first collegiate and Olympic wrestler on the list, I will clarify. I do have the Olympic list coming up later. But I did not put any wrestlers in here. I put my two wrestlers on this list. But I'm going Kale Sanderson. This was a toss-up for me. Uh, I have two guys here back-to-back. They both wrestled in the state of Iowa. Both wrestled before Iowa State. But I got Kale Sanderson here at number four. 
undefeated four-time national champion and then went on to be an Olympic gold medalist and won all the world titles available to him and is now arguably the best college wrestling coach since the man ranked ahead of him in third, and that's Dan Gable, the pride of the Iowa Hawkeyes. I will argue with you, Andrew, on this at some point in time, the greatest Iowa Hawkeye of all time, even though he was a coach. I think Dan Gable ranks ahead of Hayden Fry or any of your other Iowa Hawkeye legends, but I got Dan Gable coming in, guy who was a national champion and multi-time national champion in college, and then also an Olympic gold medalist in 1972. Coming in at number two, I've got the guy who I think is now... cemented himself as the MMA greatest of all time. That is John Jones. Don't really have to like him outside of the octagon. You don't have to like him in the octagon. But you have to appreciate his skill set. Now that he's bumped up to heavyweight, won that title with ease. John Jones is a freak of nature. The, the, it's kind of like Michael Phelps with swimming. We'll get to him. His body is just built for the sport he's in. He's he's a savant. He's a wonderkin. He's a prodigy. And now he's risen to be the greatest MMA fighter of all time. And still, if he wanted to, could have like 10 productive years left. So John Jones is the best in the world at what he's done. And the number one we've talked about a couple times already on the other list, Muhammad Ali. I think the greatest combat sport athlete in American history still. When you look at the rise, his popularity, how much he controlled that sport. And he, uh, also don't forget he was an Olympian before he went into the pro game. So Muhammad Ali, when you look at all the combat sports in American history, got to go Ali number one. Hey, I don't really have any complaints, although I think you got to put Tyson higher just for his performance in the hangover. (laughs) Uh, I think that should just bump him up a couple spots automatically. But uh, no real disagreements from me there. A couple of guys you left off that I was surprised by, maybe Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, and Jake Paul. I'm just kidding on Jake Paul. (laughs) Uh, Conor McGregor is hype, great fighter, but he's not in the top 20 MMA fighters of all time, but he's a tremendous salesman. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, I thought about, but when I read stuff from boxers, they, he's a scientific boxer. He's a smart boxer, but he's a defensive boxer, which I know if you're into the sweet science, people appreciate that, but as more of a casual boxing fan, I'd rather go see guys throwing haymakers, a Tyson or an Ali. Um, I did have Manny Pacquiao just on the out. So my two that just missed the cut were Manny Pacquiao and Rocky Marciano. Again, I could have made a, it could have done 10 boxers, 10 MMA fighters and 10 college wrestlers if we had the time and the space. So some of my favorites there, uh, but it was really, really tough to narrow down to pick, you know, from that top 30, a top 10. Uh, but I thought Pacquiao and Marciano were the two that just could have been in the conversation. And then guys like Floyd Mayweather, a little bit below that. And your, your wrestlers like your Kyle Dakes and your Gable Stevenson's. Yeah, I think we got to put Foreman in there, though, just for the grills, right? And that new movie about him that everybody's going to see, question mark? George Foreman? Yeah, there's There's a George Foreman movie? Okay. (laughs) That is the appropriate response. They're making some George Foreman, I think it's like when he made his comeback to after like 20 years off and maybe fought Tyson for the belt. Okay, well, I, I can't wait now. I just hope it goes like you know a little too long like the lord of the rings movie in the end is just like how he came up with the george foreman grill like that'd be the perfect way to end that movie but but i digress if uh this is just a little side note for you and the listeners if you don't know the story about hulk hogan missing out on the george foreman grills it is delightful now hogan tries to convince everybody he was going to be the original spokesman and why he wasn't is delightful so so we'll side note. Uh, some- I'm curious. I'm curious, and I'm probably going to refer to my George Foreman as a Hulk Hogan just because <laughs> of 
Just because that sounds way cooler and way manlier when I use it. But you have to say everything in Hulk Hogan voice and end every sentence with brother. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, all right. Well, I guess I'm up next. And I was tasked with the basketball and the football portion of this. And so we're going to go ahead and start off in the college basketball arena for me here. And I got to be honest, it was a little bit tough with this list. Trying not to just pick guys that were just great pros. There will be some crossover with the pro list here. Um, Not in the same order, definitely, but there will be guys that are on my college basketball list that are also on my NBA list as well. So spoiler alert, um, you're going to hear a couple of names twice from me. But I'm going to start out at number 10, and this is a a modern era guy. And really only one of the only guys that I have on here that's really from my lifetime that I grew up and actually watched his whole career unfold in college basketball that's on this list. And that is uh, Psycho T, Tyler Hansborough. Uh, multiple-time player of the year, led North Carolina championship. Psycho T uh, just did a lot of crazy things and felt like he deserved some sort of recognition for that. And it was also my only way to get the blue one of the Blue Bloods on this list. Um, I got more Blue Blood players coming up on this list, and it's actually right ahead here. But this is my way to get North Carolina on this list. Got to get a Duke player on this list as well. And that's who I actually have next and hit one of the most famous shots. Got that pass from Grant Hill. Did a lot in college. Didn't do as much in the NBA, but was one of the greatest players and really started kind of the people hating Duke thing because that's like now a cool thing. Everybody hates Duke and it's really because of one man and that's Christian Leitner. So he's coming in at number nine for me felt like he has some sort of importance to kind of the modern era of, you know, hating Duke. Really the first face of that was Christian Leitner. Everybody started throwing it on coach K at a certain point once Leitner was graduated, but really Christian Leitner was the guy who started all of that all of the rest of the guys on my list are, are kind of before my time. I dived into some stats, some ridiculous stats that I just can't ignore. I'm going with Jerry Lucas. We're going a couple Jerry's back to back here at number eight and number seven. So spoiler alert for number seven, but Jerry Lucas, I believe average, you know, darn near 2020, uh, one player of the year was a dominant force at Ohio State and in the Big Ten. Um, so I got to give respect to him. Number seven, I wanted to put him in my top 10 NBA, but couldn't justify it. But his college career was great. One of the best players in West Virginia history. Obviously scored a lot of points until another guy that's on my list came along and, and scored way more points. But um I love his game, and so I had to honor him in some way by putting him on my list. So number seven for me is Jerry West. Um, Number six is a guy who's culturally significant, 
he played in the first ever nationally televised college basketball game against Lou Alcindor in 1968. Two-time first-team All-American. He averaged 31 and 17. Um, just absolutely insane numbers. And that's Elvin Hayes. I had to give him his props there and really think he was a cool part of uh, cool part of history. And not only, you know, he beat Lou Alcindor in that game. He didn't just play him. He beat Lou Alcindor in that game. And that was a big deal and really sparked what we now see on TV today with college basketball and kind of the industry that it's become. That's kind of back where it all started. Um, number five is a guy who, again, wanted to put him on my NBA list, but couldn't justify it. So I can throw him on here at number five. And that's the big O Oscar Robertson, two-time national player of the year, three-time first, first team, all American three-time scoring champion, averaged 34 points, 15 rebounds, seven assists for his career. I mean, not quite the triple double that he put up in the NBA. He was he was just trying to figure things out in college, right? He wasn't perfected yet. So he just put up a measly 34, 15, and 7. So I'm throwing up Oscar Robertson at number five. At number four, again, a player that I love, and maybe you like him as a commentator. Maybe you don't, uh, but I do. And that's Bill Walton in UCLA. He and John wouldn't go hand in hand. One of the big things that had him here at number four for me was 86 and four in his career at UCLA in terms of wins and losses. And the four losses were all in his senior year. Uh, two time champion, two time most outstanding player at the Final Four, three time national player of the year. Uh, pretty impressive resume um, from Bill Walton. And we're going back to back Bills. So number three for me is Bill Russell um, tore it up at San Francisco. He was a two-time champ in college. The 60s version of the national player of the year averaged to 2020. I don't think there's really much else to say. Bill Russell, number three, number two for me is the greatest scorer of all time. We talked about it with, when we talked about Antoine Davis on the show a couple of weeks ago, but Pistol Pete still holds the record and, and he did it in like three years by just averaging a ridiculous amount of points. So he's the best scorer in the history of college basketball. And if you go ahead and throw some Pistol Pete highlights up on YouTube, I think you're going to be blown away by some of the passes that he throws out there. Uh, I really, I really loved Pistol Pete. Um, wish he, uh, you know, obviously that his career would have been longer there's obviously some off the court stuff with Pistol Pete that wasn't great uh, and led to his career being cut short, unfortunately. But yeah, I have a, I have a real soft spot spot in my heart for Pistol Pete, and wanted to put him number one, but couldn't justify it over the guy who's actually number one, and that's Lou Alcindor. And you might be wondering who's Lou Alcindor. I called him by that name here. Um, because that was who he was before he chose to change his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a result of his faith. But the man had to have a rule made for no dunking, um, just specifically aimed at him. And if there's rules made that are specifically aimed at you like that, 
I feel like that's a really good indicator of how great you are. And he didn't cry about it. He just went ahead and perfected one of the sweetest shots of all time and invented the sky hook and just beat everybody with this incredible, unstoppable, unblockable shot um, that scored him a lot of points in college, uh, led to championships, led to players of the year. Um, so number one for me, Lou Alcindor. Here's my question with Kareem Lou Alcindor. How has nobody else replicated that shot in the last 50 years? I don't know if it's how, more so as um, why don't they use it? Because um, I, I I've seen some players throw some kind of a variation of it. Of a of maybe like a baby hook. I feel like I feel like defense is caught on how to stop it eventually because you start kind of so low and bring the ball down kind of so low that like a second defender coming in digging down would kind of slap that shot away. Now you wouldn't be able to pull it off like like you did back in the sixties, seventies, and eighties. But if someone were to perfect it, it would be unstoppable but i th- i feel like kind of baby hooks not true hook shots have kind of taken over now or and or dunks i, I don't know i mean i think that's whole a whole conversation about the decline of the big man uh, i do know at one point that a guy that i i really like uh obviously and was great in college that was perfecting it was luca garza oh. uh he actually uh, was, you know, toying around with the, the skyhook. Um, but I, I always wanted him to just find a way to whip it out in, in a game in college, and he never did. And, hey, he's got some NBA career. Maybe Luca Garza will whip out the skyhook at some point just for the highlight reel. I've, I always wanted him to do that because I saw some practice videos where he was legitimately working on it, but – I don't really, I don't really know, really know of anybody who works on that kind of stuff. I do appreciate, anymore. I do appreciate you not having Michael Jordan on your list. I remember a couple of years ago, ESPN had a greatest college player of all time bracket, and Jordan won. It's not that Jordan wasn't great in college; it's just he was he was good, but he's not one of the ten best players of all time. So it was a kind of a ridiculous list that people were thinking of pro Jordan, not college Jordan. Yeah, and there were. Yeah, I was trying my best, and it wasn't completely avoidable because of just, like, the greatness of, like, uh, Kareem. Um, It really wasn't avoidable for me to, you know, leave Kareem off of the college basketball list just because I have him on my NBA list, too. He really just was that great and tried to give a nod to the guys who were in college for a long time and really left an impact on the college game and had a lot of thought about like, what about one and done guys like Anthony Davis or Zion Williamson? I mean, they obviously had great seasons, but, uh, or Carmelo Anthony had a great season, right? What do you do with those kinds of guys? Um, Didn't really know where they fit. So you didn't really see any one and done, guys on that list at all either and i and i appreciate that it makes me wonder will anybody join this list in the future with everybody being one and done or will nil get so attractive that some of these guys say well i can stay in college and make as much i maybe not quite nba good but 
three or four years in college, I'll make just as much as if I was a number 12 guy in a pro bench. Yeah. And I think there are some guys that are definitely doing that. I know that Drew Timmy is, is one that chose to stay in college this year because of the NIL money that he could get there that he probably wasn't going to get from going pro anywhere. So I, I think you will see that happen. It's just, will any of those guys kind of rise to the level of, of greatness to crack that top 10 list? I'm not sure about that one. So all, all in all, a good list. I can't really dispute too much of it. When you first started this, the first three, when you had this list, I was like, okay, first three that come to mind are Christian Leitner, Pistol Pete, and Kareem. So I was happy to see those three on there. Did not realize that we called Tyler Hansborough Psycho T, but. Oh, yeah, that dude was, uh, that dude was, that was like his nickname. I mean, I felt like I couldn't watch a North Carolina game without him being referred to as Psycho T. And he even had like this whole, whole crazy medicine ball workout that he did for a while. And I actually tried to replicate it one time and about killed myself. And I mean, he did some crazy stuff. I, I don't really think people understand like how like he seemed very average, but he did some went to some crazy lengths to put up the numbers and get all the accolades. The one other guy that I guess I did want to shout out, I didn't really know where to put him, but um, I know that a lot of people believe that he was a great college player and I, I'm sure he is, but Len bias, I felt like, uh, maybe deserve some recognition. I thought about bumping hands, bro, but ultimately couldn't do it. There's people to this day who swear up and down that the Celtics would have won four or five more championships if Flynn Bias had not tragically passed away. So um, felt like that's a name worth mentioning. Very much so. Thinking on this as well, just a quick side note here. I know we didn't have a kind of a women's college I'm not going to let you say Caitlin Clark is number one on this list, but some of the others, I think if we were to have a women's side of this, Kelsey Plum, Brittany Griner, Aaliyah Boston, Elena Deladon, Maya Moore, Brianna Stewart, maybe number one among all of them, but uh, just kind of a quick rundown of some of the uh, Candace Parker, quick rundown of some of the women I think that would be included if we had a women's list as well. Uh, Tarasi, Sue Bird. Um, Players who went I- to UConn, in other words. Or Tennessee. Yeah. Or Tennessee. Yeah. But yeah, ultimately, when you think of uh, women's college basketball or you got to really, uh, or just women's basketball in general, uh, Cheryl Miller yeah. is a name that doesn't get talked about a lot and probably should. And Cheryl Swoops, Cynthia Cooper, like there's a lot of women's college basketball. I thought about that as I was doing my college basketball list. I was like, do I throw some women in here just just to like break it up but i feel like that should be its own list and sorry that we omitted it well we can add that to a topic for another show when we in a year from now when you're discussing where caitlin clark ranks all time yeah and where we're discussing you know others that are currently playing that might rank up there for all time too well getting back into this on my side of it Let's go, let's go over to the National Hockey League, uh, celebrating them getting into their postseason here soon. And, uh, side note, pay attention to the Boston Bruins. If you've not been tuning into hockey at all, they are blistering everybody right now. So watch out for the Bruins. 
Uh, number 10 here, just going to jump right in. I'm going Yarmir Yager, the uh, second all-time in points. He might still be active. I'm not even 100% sure if he's officially retired yet, but played a million years mostly for the Pittsburgh Penguins, had some time in Washington with the Rangers, uh, down in Florida. Looks like he's actually finally retired, but Yarmir Yager, one of the great guys, kind of in the wake of Wayne Gretzky. I think you could argue maybe the NHL peaked in the 80s and 90s. Yager was one of the guys riding the wave, and it's a fantastic player for nearly 20 years. Number nine, a player on the same era, whose name I still mispronounce, even though its last name is three letters, Patrick Waugh, spelled R-O-Y, Patrick Roy. Uh, another career guy, just fantastic year in, year out, mostly for the Avalanche. Um, fantastic goalie. I did not, had a lot more skaters on here than I did goalies, but I had Patrick Waugh right here. Uh, Dominic Hasek just missed the list for me. So it's kind of between those two for my bottom goalie spot. Going on to my number eight player, longtime New York Ranger. Some would argue the best Ranger of all time. Edmonton Oiler as well. And that's Mark Messier, third all-time in points in National Hockey League. Uh, just behind the aforementioned Yarmir Yager and a guy that we're going to get to later. Just kind of feels like the consummate professional hockey player, Mark Messier. Just kind of around. Seemed like a guy who was kind of always doing things the right way. and a Star of my NHL hockey games as a child. Number seven, one of the two active players I have on here. These two guys have been tied together for their entire careers. You could argue who's the best one of the last 20 years. I go with the other guy, but this is number two. Alexander Ovechkin. Wow, look at me just spoiling my whole thing. Uh, Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin. So I had Ovechkin a few spots ahead of Sid the Kid. So Sidney Crosby here for me at number seven. 1,500 career points, still active. Uh, actually, the Penguins missing the postseason for the first time in, I believe, 16 seasons, basically since he got there. See how much he has left in the tank, but he's he does everything. He is... He's basically the LeBron James of hockey and came into the league about the same time. So Sidney Crosby, no hockey list is complete without him. Uh, going way back into the time machine, ask your dad about him. Bobby Orr, I believe, played most of his career with the Bruins. Just a guy who was around forever. I need to get his career in front of me as well. I want to say he played in four different decades. Uh, but Bobby Orr, he's in your, a lot of people's Mount Rushmore. If you just look at skaters, he's one of the guys who's right there competing for one of those top four spots. But number six for me here, uh, number five is my highest ranked goalie, Martin Brodeur, famously with the New Jersey Devils for most of his career. When you look at the goalie stats, he's right up there in the top, top of the list or top five. Great long career, has a ring. Uh, one of the all-time greats, Martin Brodeur. And then my top four here, uh, as I mentioned, already spoiled that I had... Alexander Ovechkin on my list. I just think he's a better scorer than Sid the Kid. If you're curious why I have him higher, Crosby may be a better you know, team guy, but if you just want a flat out score, I don't know that anybody other than maybe number one has just been a better pure scorer with the puck than Alexander Ovechkin. It's going to be Alexander the Great at number four. And right ahead of him is Mario Lemieux. I think some people may think that's a little bit high, but I think he deserves it for what he did from 1984 to 2006. Has two cups to his name, has a Hall of Famer, nine-time All-Star, MVP, and the umpteen other awards that NHL gives out at the end of each season. So Mario Lemieux for me. A very Pittsburgh Penguin-heavy list as I look at this. And then number two, another guy, go back in your time machine. This man was born in 1928 in Saskatchewan. Gordie Howe played uh, for uh, Red Wings, kind of when the, the Red Wings were becoming the class of the NHL kind of synonymous with the franchise there. 
Uh, bounced around a little bit after that, but 25 years in the NHL, multi-time All-Star, Hall of Famer, four cups to his name, 21-time All-Star. How crazy is that? Uh, but Gordy Howe, probably, I think you could argue, your your debate, I think, in the pre-Gretzky era is Howe versus Orr. For me, it's Gordy Howe. And then number one, obviously, of course, you can debate a lot of these lists. I don't think you can debate the hockey one. If you want to argue, is it Jack Nicholas or Tiger? Is it Kareem or Pete Maravich? Is it Willie Mays or Babe Ruth? This is Wayne Gretzky. There is not two ways about it. Yarmir Yager is second in points all time in 1921, so that's goals and assists combined. Wayne Gretzky has 2,857 points. I believe still the only man to get 200 goals in the season, mostly with the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, sorry, 200 points. Went 200 points four times. Uh, highest 135 assists in the season, 92 goals in the season, which is ridiculous. You know him. He's He is hockey till, to this day, even 24 years after he retired. So Wayne Gretzky, number one. Uh, so my 10 again, Yaramir Yager, Patrick Waugh, Mark Messier, Sidney Crosby, Bobby Orr, Martin Brodeur, Alexander Ovechkin, Mario Lemieux, Gordie Howe, Wayne Gretzky, uh, and Phil Esposito and Ray Bork just on my outside looking in category. What? No, no Conway, no, no Fulton, no Bombay. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, sorry. That's the extent of my hockey knowledge. It's probably good. You didn't leave this list to me um, because Maybe the only guy I could come up with is Gretzky, which is probably just speaks to why he's number one. He's, I mean, he's 70 goals ahead of Alexander Ovechkin. I, I don't know that Ovechkin can get him at this point. I wonder if that was the goal was to hang out to pass Gretzky or get to 900 goals, but Ovechkin, I don't know that he's, I'd love to see it if he has enough steam left in the tank. Um, but yeah, I really kind of looked at your, your top goal scorers of all time, Gretzky, Ovechkin, how Yager, those are your top four and they all made the list. So I'm a sucker for offense. In my hockey. Yeah. Um, I think that's a very high quality list. I'm going to flip us over and um, go to a, keep with the college theme. I did college basketball. I'm going to move on to college football next. I figured I'd, I'd knock out the college sports on the, my list with before the pro sports. So I'm going to go to college football and my struggle with football um, was to recognize defensive players as well as offensive players, but there was really no getting around how much of an offensive dominated list this college football one is. I think I did a little bit better job with the NFL list of not having it dominated, but I am going to start off defensive having said all that. And it really pains my heart to put this guy on this list because I hate the school so much. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and put, and Damakong Su at number 10 all time. I feel like he should have won the Heisman, but was robbed of it. Had an absolutely dominant season and really led Nebraska to a conference championship game that they ultimately lost in heartbreaking fashion, but felt like he was the one of the most dominant players that we've ever seen at the college level from a defensive standpoint and feel like he deserves to be recognized. So uh, I'm trying to look past my hate a little bit and put um, him on this list at number 10. Uh, number nine, we got our first of many running backs um, here, and that's that's a guy who thoroughly dominated, and that's Earl Campbell. Um, 
just a really great running back a little bit before my time, um, you know, 2000 yards seasons, obviously um, a dominant running back or he wouldn't be on this list, but there's a lot of dominant running backs in college football history that are going to be all over this list. At number eight, I think this is a little bit of nostalgia coming in here. And uh, I had to put this guy on the list just because he authored one of the greatest national championship game comebacks of all time against the mighty USC Trojans and Reggie Bush and Carson Palmer. Um, Probably one of the greatest national championship games we've ever seen still to this day. And that's Vince Young. Um, won, won the Heisman, obviously. Didn't do so well in the NFL, but loved watching Vince Young. Felt like he was an unstoppable force in college, and he was. Um, felt like that would carry over to the NFL, too, but unfortunately it did not. Uh, at number seven, um, we have a guy who won multiple Heismans, the pride of Ohio State, and that's Archie Griffin. Um can't deny a guy who won multiple Heisman's got to put him on this list somewhere. Some of his stats um, are just absolutely crazy, um, but don't measure up to the guys that are above him on this list. At number six, I had to put a guy that we talked about earlier. Uh, still looms large in Auburn history and is probably regarded as the best college football player in Auburn history still to this day. Sorry, Cam Newton. Um, Bo Jackson, the highlight reel is just absolutely incredible. Uh, and the stats match what you see on the tape. So I had to give some love to you, Bo Jackson here at number six. Uh, at number five, it's one of the greatest Georgia Bulldog running backs of all time. We won't talk about where he is now, but we got to give love to what he did in college. And that's Herschel Walker, uh, 1600 yards and 15 touchdowns at a minimum in all three years at Georgia and won the Heisman. That's really consistent. And he was also involved in one of the biggest trades in NFL history, um, which we can talk about at some point, but probably not today. Um, another guy here at number four, um, Again, running back heavy on this list. Like this list is very running back heavy. But Marcus Allen for USC, before there was Reggie Bush, there was Marcus Allen and his 1981 season, which includes 2,500 rushing yards and 22 touchdowns, just a notch below the guy who is above him on this list. But absolutely incredible season. A lot of the older players in my list here for college football. Um, number three, Tony Dorsett won the 1976 Heisman. Um, he's the arguably best player in the history of Pittsburgh football. That history includes a guy named Dan Marino. A lot of people hang on to Tony Dorsett being the best college football player that they've ever seen. Uh, they've also had Deshaun McCoy. Larry Fitzgerald, Aaron Donald, a lot of great football players in, in pit football history. You don't think of them as a blue blood, but they've had a lot of great football players come through there. Uh, but Tony said is probably easily the best. Um, and number two, again, off the field, maybe you don't like him, um, but 
I feel like he's one of the most influential quarterbacks of all time. And that is Tim Tebow. He has a Heisman, two national championships, and his 2007 stat line uh, where he threw for 30-plus touchdowns and ran for 23 touchdowns, uh, had that little jump pass thing. We all know what happened in the NFL with kind of the Tebow mania that took over for one season. Uh, Obviously, NFL career didn't last as long as some people thought because of the awkward throwing motion, but a dominant college player, the likes of which may, may never be matched again. Um, great leader, obviously as well. So yeah. Um, I mean, Led and urban Meyer coach team to two national championships. I know that urban Myers looked at as a great college coach, but he's had some teams fall apart. I mean, maybe that's when urban Meyer kind of lost his luster. I know he got it back at Ohio state a little bit, but just, just thinking about that team, that Florida team that Tim Tebow was on, he uh, really had all, held all that together, and that's why I have him as high as I do. Um, number one, though, is the guy that had the single greatest season ever by a running back in college football, still holds the single-season rushing yard mark, I believe, um, and that is Oklahoma State running back and one of my favorite running backs of all time, it's Barry Sanders. Um so obviously won the Heisman didn't win a national title because this team wasn't good enough, but put up one of the best seasons in history as a running back and was just absolutely dominant. So give me Barry Sanders at number one. And, you know, I think you could convince me at the bottom of my list in a lot of different directions, but that's how I went. I think this is the one we would probably disagree on the most of everything we've done so far. And it's college football. You have a hundred plus year history and 22 different positions to consider. I did not expect you to go so running back heavy. I didn't expect it either, but I was diving into uh, kind of just the stats and really the stats suggest running back. And when you look at the history of kind of like now it's mainly quarterbacks, in the modern era, but before that it was all running backs in in terms of like who was winning the Heismans and stuff. And so that's why I think just to give an ode to kind of the history, I, I felt like I went running back heavy. Just some names to throw out here for the sake of conversation. Reggie Bush, who you mentioned in conversation, um, I know we don't like to talk about him, but OJ Simpson in college was amazing. Roger Staubach was amazing. And then I, I like the defensive guys. I was curious if you were going to put Charles Woodson on there. I like seeing Indomitian Sue on there. Really seriously did think about Woodson, but felt like I couldn't justify too. Maybe I could have. Again, you can convince me in a lot of different directions with college football, like you said, and like the long history. Yeah. I went running back heavy, heavy for this list, but I think I'm not too tied to anyone on this list except for probably Sanders, Tebow, and Vince Young. I feel like those are three that I got to have on there. Tebow's my number one, but that's not my list, but I would put Tebow. And again, you, yeah, like you say, you go a thousand different ways. Pat Fitzgerald's the only two-time basically defensive Heisman winner. LeVar Arrington was amazing. Um, even more recently, if you wanted to argue, Aaron Donald is the greatest defensive player in college history. There's so many different ways you can do this, but it's, it's kind of like the MLB one. You could come up with 20 or 30 guys and, a hundred people would have a hundred different lists. Or do you want to go with like 
guys who are culturally important, like Jim Brown or, uh, you know, obviously the history of Jack Trice or the, you, you know, like you could, what? Ernie Davis. Ernie Davis. Yeah. I, I really thought about Ernie Davis as well. Like there's a, there's a lot of different angles that you could play with, uh, you know, baseball in that regard and college football. College football gives out a lot of awards. I'm here trying to compare list to list and trying to find some other names. Yeah. No, I, I think I, I should have probably just, you know, made my list the guys the awards are named after. <laughs> right? Just like Doug Walker, Dave Remington, Dick Butkus. Yeah, and then you have to figure out who Dave Remington is. Uh, Center, Nebraska. Oh, look at you. And like Chuck Bednarik, who played both ways. So did Buckus, played linebacker and center. Uh, Red Grange, another name that I could have thrown out there. Niall Kinnick, obviously. Uh, but yeah, a lot of great names. And coaches, that's a whole other conversation, like across all sports. So. We'll keep this moving on here to another topic that we know Andrew loves. This is the auto racing. So this is basically anything that has an engine. So these are your NASCAR drivers, F1, Indy, dirt bike guys, anything kind of from that world. Again, trying to clump a lot of sports into one list is pretty tough. Uh, just on the outside looking in, Ricky Carmichael, uh, shout out to all you motocross fans out there. And then John Force for anybody who's interested in uh, drag racing, funny car racing, those are kind of the biggest names from that world. But just on the outside of the top 10 looking in, mostly going with, um, mostly going to be NASCAR Indian F1 drivers here. Number 10 is a name that I don't think a lot of people on this side of the pond know, but Scott Dixon, tremendous IndyCar racer, multi-time champion, uh, one of the legends of that world. Number nine, somebody more homegrown, Jimmy Johnson, old seven-time NASCAR champion, it's kind of like the San Antonio Spurs of racing. He wins a lot. Maybe not the most exciting. Maybe wasn't going to draw the numbers of a certain number three we're getting to. But can't argue with being the one of the winningest drivers of all time, right up there with Richard Petty for the most championships. Right ahead of him, in my number eight spot, uh, I had Travis Pastrana. I think just from that kind of X Games, dirt bike, adrenaline rush world, Travis Pastrana is probably the biggest name from that. Not as active as he was in the early 2000s and 2010s. But still a big name. He's always kind of doing something with some manner of vehicle. So I got to put him in there for the kind of be in the face of that world. Number seven, potentially the biggest name in IndyCar history, Mario Andretti. Really, when the sport took off, it kind of went to the next level. He was the name in the face out there. I think some other drivers have surpassed him in performance. But Mario Andretti still has one of the biggest name recognitions. And also, how awesome is the name Mario Andretti? Uh, going on up here, number six, I believe I'm up to, and you love to hate him, Jeff Gordon. Can't argue with results, multiple-time NASCAR Cup champion, one of the top five in total wins. Everybody remembers that Rainbow 24 car, and everybody remembers how much they hated seeing that DuPont, DuPont hood come around the corner in the lead. Jeff Gordon, also a phenomenal commentator, by the way, if you ever want to listen to a NASCAR race, he's amazing. But Jeff Gordon there, number six for me. Number five, one of the more recent guys on the list, Lewis Hamilton. I feel like he's become this social media Hollywood star, but maybe the best Formula One driver ever. I have a couple of guys that are up here in this conversation with him, but he's been the best guy really since 2010 in the sport, dominating and um, 
just is he British? I know he's European. I believe he's Lewis Hamilton is British. Right ahead of him is the other guy who I think may be in contention with him as greatest F1 driver. And that's Michael Schumacher, name that I don't think a lot of people know unless you're really into Formula One. But in the 90s, early 2000s, and over into the 2010s, he was the sport. He was the guy that you were gunning for to try to beat a uh, multiple-time F1 champion. But Michael Schumacher deserves, deserves to be in any conversation for best driver in the history of sports. Right ahead of him, I have A.J. Foyt. Kind of competed in everything. If it had a steering wheel, A.J. Foyt drove it, did well in IndyCar especially, I think a little bit of Formula One, and then NASCAR as well. But A.J. Foyt, the original, I think there's at least four generations of A.J. Foyt who have competed, but the OG is still the best one. Up here, the top two, we're going back to NASCAR, good old-fashioned American NASCAR racing. Number two is the Intimidator. Number three, still to this day, maybe the biggest star in the sports history, Dale Earnhardt. Even Andrew knows who Dale Earnhardt is. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, multiple time champion and really made the sport fun. The the rubbings racing and uh, it's it's kind of interesting. You'd think he'd be the kind of guy that fans would hate for the you could call it very aggressive driving, bordering on dirty driving, but people just loved him. And the guy ahead of him is the king for a reason. Richard Petty still the most wins. The only guy with 200 wins. The only guy close to 200 wins. It's a different era in the sport, and Petty just drove past everybody. His father was good, and then Richard Petty took it to the next level. Still a car owner to this day. But in all the years we've had NASCAR still, I don't think anybody has gone past Richard Petty. So again, my top 10 for really anything with an engine. Scott Dixon, Jimmy Johnson, Travis Pastrana, Mario Andretti, Jeff Gordon, Lewis Hamilton, Michael Schumacher, A.J. Foyt, Dale Earnhardt, and Richard Petty. Nice. Um, you know, I know a little bit more about NASCAR than than you give me credit for. Maybe not enough to have an intelligent conversation, but uh, what about sprint car? Did you uh, consider any sort of sprint cars with your Iowa background? I thought I thought about it, but I wasn't sure that they were quite big enough. It feels like when guys are kind of at the top of na- of sprint car, they eventually move on. I know there's oh blank on their Sam- the Kinzers, the Kinzer brothers, the Kinzer Sammy family. Swindell. Sammy Swindell. Sammy Swindell is a big a name. Time. Yeah, yep. uh, I mean Tony Stewart even took his time in the sprint car yeah, before he really got big. He he was a dirt track racer, but you're right; they usually do move on, um, but. I don't know. I just wanted to bring up sprint cars just because I'm from Iowa and I feel obligated to. Well, hey, if we can get you into racing more, I'm all for it. I used to be the person who would at least watch the Daytona 500 when the Daytona 500 is on. But uh, at some point I navigated away from that. Or I might tune into the Indy uh, 500 as well. Um, I think both of those have lost a lot of their luster and are trying to bring it back, but NASCAR seems to be doing everything they can to make their shows unwatchable. But that's a, again, another topic for another day. Why does the name Helio Castroneves stick out my mind? So everybody loves Helio. He's, he's kind of like, well, trying to, that's not really the great comparison. I was going to say like Connor McGregor. No, he's very captivating, great personality, but he's not incendiary. Like McGregor talks trash. Elio is really good at a multi-time Indy 500 winner. Kind of when Indy was at its peak popularity. So everybody likes him and he was good. He was a good crossover star, but in, in terms of actually winning races and championships, he's kind of on that second or third tier behind guys like Dixon, Foyt, the Andretti family. Um, some of the more recent ones like Will Power and uh, those guys. 
So, but no, a, a top 10 IndyCar driver for sure. But when you combine them all, he's just probably in the, the next 10 guys. Yeah, I was glad you, I was glad you had Petty and Earnhardt one and two. I felt like those were the top two um, that I think of when I think of racing. So I can't complain with your list at all. Yeah, that's that's I think that's part of what we've looked at on this list. The ones people still know all these years later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and is it here? Switch gears. Ah. With my little uh, wow. Ugh. I've been waiting my whole <laughs> life to throw that pun on this podcast. Are, are, are um, we are we to your big list? Is this the Andrew special? This is not it. We are we are we've got two more from me. I've got the NBA list and the NFL list. I, I I'm going to go like ahead and nerded out on the NBA one though. I don't really know if I did because I feel like most of these names have been concrete for me for a long time, except maybe number 10. And that's where we'll start. But I think we talked about this after last year's NBA championship um, results, who I have at number 10 now. And that's uh, the greatest shooter of all time. Steph Curry coming in at number 10 for me all time. Um, He's got four championships. He's got the unanimous MVP. He's got the finals MVP and all the highlights, all the shots that you could ever want. Um, Thought about putting him in my college list too, honestly, but didn't want to, didn't want to have too many guys twice. Um, Only have two guys twice in my top 10 here. Spoiler. Um, But Steph Curry, number 10 at number nine. I think this might surprise some people with, who's ahead of the guy that I have here at number nine, but um, definitely top 10 of all time. And that is Tim Duncan. He's got the, uh, the five championships, I believe you'll have to correct me, but multiple time MVPs um, beat, beat a, a really good uh, Lakers team in, uh, I believe it was 2005 still, but like, I remember all the battles with the Spurs and Lakers and felt like in a lot of cases, uh, Duncan and Robinson and Ginobili and Parker really just haunted the Lakers dreams and prevented the Lakers from being just this absolute juggernaut that won like six championships in a row with Kobe and Shaq. Um, So, and then the later career, like, still aged well and aged gracefully as well with his battles with, with the heat. Um, Some of the greatest championships, we had the uh, Ray Allen shot as a product of Tim Duncan and his greatness, but then they came back the next year and were able to get it done against, uh, against the heat against LeBron. And that's really what cemented Duncan in this category for me. And, yeah, Tim Duncan, maybe not the most exciting player to watch, but definitely one of the greatest of all time. Um, and number eight, I think a lot of people would argue that I have number eight and number nine flip-flopped, but maybe this is a little bit sentimental, um, but I got to have Kobe Bryant here at number eight. Um, the five championships – uh, the MVP probably should have more MVPs than he does. One of the Steve Nash MVPs definitely should have gone to Kobe Bryant instead of Steve Nash. No offense to Steve. I think even he would tell you that uh, at this point in his life. But Kobe Bryant, um, for me, here at number eight, and 
I was one of the biggest Kobe fans of all time. And so I'm always going to have a little bit of a soft spot for Kobe and probably if we're being honest, a little bit of bias that has, has him here at number eight rather than probably number nine where he belongs. But I'm going to go ahead and throw him in at number eight at number seven. Maybe this is going to be surprising with how low he is. Um, but I know that the numbers are ridiculous. I just think the other guys put a little bit more ahead of him on this list, put a little bit more emphasis on winning. Um, but that's Wilt Chamberlain, obviously one of the greatest centers of all time. Um, put up some just ridiculous stats. There was a year that he led the league in assists just because someone said something about his lack of ability to pass, and it upset him so much that he chose to lead the league in assists as a seven-foot big man. Um, Really, really weird guy as well, the more that you read about Wilt Chamberlain and things. But I've got him at number seven. At number six, it's uh, Larry Legend, a.k.a. Larry Bird, uh, one of my favorite players of all time. And he'd probably be much higher on this list. And there's a lot of NBA what-ifs that you can get into. And one of the biggest what-ifs that people don't think about is, what if Larry Bird's back didn't give out? He probably plays into uh, the 90s, like into the mid-90s and hangs it up. Um and battles Jordan a few more times, but unfortunately his bad back just prevented that from happening. But um, you think about Larry bird and you think about the guy ahead of him on this list at number five magic, you think about those two kind of in tandem. And so I've got these two here back to back at number six and then magic at number five, um, the showtime Lakers, uh, the junior skyhook magic starting a game at center and, really propelling the Lakers to the championship and also uh, magic uh, went into the nineties a little bit as well and was a foil for Michael Jordan, but really magic and Larry are responsible. You can't talk about one without the other. Um, they're really responsible for saving the NBA um, because not before they showed up in the eighties, not a lot of people were really watching the NBA a lot of the stars in the NBA kind of had drug problems and Magic and Larry did not have those issues. Um, and there was a few exceptions, right? Kareem was a star, but they needed more marketable stars and more personable guys. And there's really not bigger personality, a bigger personality out there than Magic. So his importance on the court, but also off the court as well. Um, at number four, it's Kareem, uh, the inventor of the skyhook, the longevity, did have the all-time points record, doesn't have it anymore. It got passed by LeBron, who will show up later. Uh, but plenty of championships, both with the Bucks and played with Oscar Robertson and Magic, so played with some of the greatest of all time as well. Um, but undoubtedly uh, one of the most dominant centers that we've ever had. Uh, went toe-to-toe with with uh you know some of the greats as well but just the pure longevity of his career is is amazing and why i have him up here at number four um number three is bill russell and this is really just a nod to like the 11 championships i mean just a crazy number of championships and being the guy that's responsible 
um, for those championships. He obviously had guys like um, um, Bob Cousy and, you know, later days, Havlicek and, and many others that kind of helped him to that. And a, a legendary coach and Red Auerbach, but Bill Russell was one of a kind and kind of the face of the league as well early on. And many battles with the Lakers and West and Baylor um, really Im- important piece of history. And one of the best rebounders and shot blockers and really loved how he put an emphasis on blocking shots and keeping it in play because nowadays you just see so many guys block shots out of bounds. And Bill Russell was the first guy to understand that blocking a shot means a change of possession and, you should take advantage of that. So a really smart player as well. Um, And a really unselfish player to maybe not the greatest scorer, definitely not on the same level as Kareem and some of the others in terms of scoring, but um, just an overall great player. So Bill Russell at number three. And now we obviously come to the big question. A lot of people like to debate this still. I still go back and forth in my mind, but today I'm going to tell you that LeBron is number two on this list. Uh, He's got four championships, got the all-time scoring record. Um, There's just going to be so many all-time stats at the end of LeBron's career that he's, you know, either number one in or top 10 in, and he's responsible for, you know, the league really needed – LeBron when LeBron showed up and what he's done has been amazing. I mean, he's had so much hype going into his career and to not only match it, but in a lot of ways surpass all the hype that he was given as a young high school kid, really in a lot of ways, like he he met the objective and lived up to the hype. And that's pretty incredible for a guy that came straight out of high school to the NBA and just the longstanding career. And here we are 20 years later and he can still turn it on when he needs to and will his team to victory. I I think LeBron's just an absolutely incredible player and don't really like when people have to put down LeBron at, you know, because they like Jordan or put down a, Jordan because they like LeBron. I I really feel like there's enough room for you to like both of them and for them to coexist in your mind. Uh, So hopefully more people get on board with that when LeBron's done because the NBA will miss him when he's gone. But at number one, obviously the greatest of all time in the NBA, it's Michael Jordan. It's the six championships. It's the scoring titles. It's the larger than life personality that we've talked about with guys like Tiger and Babe Ruth and Muhammad Ali and just all the stories about Jordan, the documentaries, the books, everything. Um, Yeah. The movies now with, with an air movie, Um, Michael Jordan, obviously the greatest of all time, huge brand. Um, I don't think a lot needs to be said. So that's my, a lot more needs to be said. So that's my top 10 list. We're a lot more aligned on this than I thought, at least name-wise. I think we had eight out of the ten people the same. I just The only two I had, I had Shaq and I had Carl Malone on there over Bill Russell and Magic. I think all of them are top 15 players. I also thought 
Kevin Durant and the logo Jerry West would also be in my conversations. So those would be the maybe top one guy away from top 15. So those are my top 14 guys. Yeah, I, I thought we would be wildly different on this with all the different ways you can look at the NBA. And do you want a defensive guy? Do you value scoring? Do you value this, that, depending on every person has a different purview. I had guys like Kobe ranked a lot higher, but I'm kind of shocked. We had eight out of 10 the same. Um, not surprised it came down to LeBron and MJ. As much as I'm a Kobe supporter, I think most basketball debates going forward are going to be LeBron versus MJ. Absolutely. Yeah, Shaq just missed. Elijah Wan, Moses Malone, um, like you said, Kevin Durant is kind of hanging around, looming a little bit. Um, Jerry West, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that big on Carl Malone. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not putting a guy who hasn't won a championship anywhere near my top ten. So, uh, all due respect to Carl Malone, but I, I can't, I can't put him up there. So, yeah. Um, those are the guys that just missed it. It was really tough leaving Shaq out uh, for sure, but felt like I had to give the nod to Curry and Hey, this year's playoffs could decide some things and change some things. I mean, what if the Warriors are able to break through and win again back to back, that would really change my mind a lot about Curry. I could also get Curry LeBron second round too. And, the outcome of that would change my mind possibly too. A little bit with Durant, but especially with Steph, cause he's got the titles. I wonder if there's anything he could ever do to get to the top five or no matter what people will still say too small, doesn't play defense very well. He's not a big, so he can't play inside. I'm just wondering, is he with another championship? Is he put himself on par or ahead of the magics, the birds, the Kobe's, I, I understand if he never gets to Kareem, MJ, LeBron level, but in terms of the backcourt guys, he's another title may put him over the top. Yeah, another title and another finals MVP. See, that's the that's kind of the knock maybe a little bit. If you want to knock Curry at all, it's four championships, but only one finals MVP. Uh, the three other finals MVP, two of those went to Durant and the other one went to Andre Iguodala because of the lineup of death that was unleashed by Steve Kerr and the way Iguodala played in that first Warriors championship. That's why it was given to Iguodala. Um, So you could really argue that Steph should probably have two finals MVPs, uh, but he does have the unanimous regular season MVP thing. And obviously the shooting and the um, revolution of the game, the long distance shooting and that kind of thing. I think another championship and another finals MVP you can seriously consider putting him ahead of Duncan and, and Kobe. But that's what it'll take. We'll get back to NBA and Steph Curry's playoff chances next week when we have our official NBA playoff bracket set. We've got two lists here, and you're probably one is noticing the biggest one has not happened yet. We're saving that for the end. Andrew's got his top 10 NFL players of all time. My final top 10 list, I've got the Olympians, and uh, I was a little bit swayed by medals here, so a lot of track, a lot of swimming, and some Olympic, uh, some gymnastics in here. I thought about going people, maybe you only have one or two medals, but you had a great story, thinking about like a Rulon Gardner beating the uh, Alexander Karel and the 13-year unbeaten Russian. I looked at stuff like that, but at the end of the day, I kind of was swayed by the medals, and we... Tried to stay away from people who would be anywhere else. So Ali for boxing or dream team basketball players. 
stayed away from those guys, stayed away from tennis and golf so they'd be available for the other lists. So looking at people who we mostly know because they were able to compete in the Olympics and we may not think about their sports at other times throughout the year. Uh, But without further ado, I'm going to jump right in here with one of the earliest U.S. stars, one of the best in the pool. I believe he was Tarzan for a while. Number 10, Johnny Weissmuller has five gold medals and a bronze, competed from 1924 to 1928 in the Olympics. Swimming in water polo, most well-known as a swimmer and, again, as Tarzan. But one of the when you look at all-time on the medal table for the U.S., he's one of the top gold medal winners of all time. And still 100 years later, it's still a bit of a name recognition for him. Number nine is a guy that I will admit that I did not know much about, and that's because he competed in 1904. The guy's name is Ray Yuri. I think I'm saying that correctly. Wasn't all that familiar with him before researching for this show. Competed in 1900 and 1904 in track and field. He won eight gold medals. High jump, triple jump, long jump were his specialties. And he had the most gold medals until Michael Phelps came along. So eight individual Olympic golds stood for 100 years until Mr. Phelps came along. So congrats to him for everything he achieved. And 100 plus years later... I think this Ray Uri still belongs here in the list. Number eight was a guy that we weren't quite sure where we we're going to fit him in. So I found a way to sneak him into the Olympics. And that's Jim Thorpe. You can argue maybe just the most well-rounded athlete in U.S. history. So Thorpe, uh, 1912 in the Olympics, competed in track and field, the pentathlon and the decathlon. Won gold medals, was also a star baseball player in the early 1900s and played in the National Football League. Earlier, you mentioned that Vince Lombardi may have, in a way, saved football. Jim Thorpe is one who made it a, a national hit. Guys like Jim Thorpe and Red Grange taking it to the national level. But Jim Thorpe, maybe the most diversely talented guy up there with guys like Michael Jordan and Bo Jackson, U.S. history. So putting him in here because he does have two Olympic gold medals, uh, competed in 1912 in Stockholm. So Jim Thorpe, for me, goes in at number eight. Going up to number seven, a relatively recent name, but maybe doesn't get the respect she deserves, and that's Jenny Thompson for swimming. Competed all the way back from 1992 through 2004, so that's four Olympic cycles. Twelve total medals, eight golds, three silvers, and one bronze. As we mentioned, swimming gives you a lot of opportunity to rack up medals. No matter how many opportunities you get, it is still a Herculean task to win any. So congrats to Jenny Thompson for the the 12 medals here and coming in at number seven on our list. Moving on up to number six is Jesse Owens, track star from the 1936 games, I believe. And really Jesse Owens, almost for the cultural impact as much as what he did, uh, the the four golds on amazing feet, but not really that high on the list. But when you think of what he did at the time he did it, winning in Germany in 1936. So Jesse Owens from a cultural standpoint, one of maybe the top two or three Olympians of all time in the history of American sports. Number five, I think somebody who's underrated and really kind of rose up the ranks here in the last couple of years, and that's Allison Felix, maybe the best female track and field athlete of all time, now has seven golds, three silvers, one bronze, started in 2004 as her first Olympics and competed up through 2020. Not sure what her plans are for the future, but 19th all-time worldwide in total Olympic medals, and hopefully still doing her thing. It'd be great to see her get another uh, opportunity. But Allison Felix, an an underappreciated name that I think we need to put some respect on what she's done. Going up to number four, 
I think has maybe cemented herself as the GOAT amongst gymnastics performers, and that is Simone Biles from the 2016 and 2020 Olympics. Four golds, a silver, and two bronze medals. I think has really become the darling and the star of the gymnastics world and one of America's favorite athletes at the moment. Simone Biles coming in there at number four. Number three is the man who you could argue maybe the fastest American of all time, one of the fastest people to ever live, and that's Carl Lewis. Started in 1984, running all the way up through 1996. Nine gold medals, one silver. He's fifth all time in gold medal count in worldwide. So Carl Lewis, just based on pure speed, and you'll hear debates on he versus Dale Green versus Bo Jackson versus you know people like Ricky Henderson. Carl Lewis just straightaway speed, maybe the fastest human being who's ever lived, and also I believe was decent in the field events, the you know stuff like long jump as well. So Carl Lewis coming in at number three. And number two, we're going back to the pool, back to back. We have Mark Spitz, the kind of original superstar from the pool before the man ahead of him took over. Spitz in two Olympics combined for 11 medals, unheard of at the time, still an amazing feat. Nine golds, a silver and a bronze. That that nine golds really stands out. Not only are you competing, you're winning and dominating. And then who else is it going to be? You think Olympics, you think Michael Phelps, 23 gold medals unreal three silvers two bronze 28 total medals nobody's even close to what michael phelps has done in the u.s or worldwide he is i don't know if he's quite wayne gretzky level dominant but i don't know who's ever coming in second is quite a ways behind michael phelps for me in the olympic category yeah michael phelps is another guy we should probably throw in there with gretzky ali jordan tiger that's that's a babe ruth like that's he's going to be etched in people's minds for pretty much, um, you know, all time. Can he make a Although, comeback? He's, on, he's only 37. Can he, can he come back and just rack up some more? I'm sure he could try. I don't know. Really interesting that he's, you know, thought of as like retired and past his prime at age 37 and swimming. Don't you wish that but, was your life? Like, oh, I'm retired at 37. Then I just can live on this forever. I don't really know what he does outside of swimming, but yeah. Uh, one name that you left off, Usain Bolt. I thought about that because we're, we're not necessarily doing U.S. athletes. We're doing athletes competing in American sports. Like we had soccer and hockey, but for this one, I tried to just keep it to U.S. athletes if I could. So got it. Um, I I, I could have expanded it to, you know, worldwide athletes. Cause yeah, Usain Bolt may be the just second best olympian of all time uh yeah i could have gone a lot for for my own sanity and simplicity i just kept it to americans got it that's also why we didn't get the jamaican bobsled team from cool runnings uh (laughs) great uh no i'm sorry sean johnson i i i looked at that and actually i think gabby douglas comes in ahead of sean johnson on this list you could have done a list of 10 Olympians. I think Gabby Douglas does have a couple more medals than Sean Johnson. So Gabby was just on the outside looking in. Uh, guys like um, Caleb Dressel more recently, Katie Ledecky, uh, your all-time favorite athlete, Ryan Lochte, Dara Torres. There's a lot of different ways to go in the Olympians. It's a tough one to kind of decide what your parameters are. Yeah, true. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to ever dive into the world of figure skating. What would Brian I don't know if you, if you could have thrown any figure skaters on here. I don't I really don't know. 
Yeah. And that's, that's a tough thing. They, again, they don't get as much opportunity to win the medals. Somebody like a Dorothy Hamels, um, Brian Boitano, Michelle Kwan. Um, I know there's more recent people than that, but I don't watch enough figure skating to know. It just feels like they don't get quite as many opportunities to rack up medals. Or about, what about a guy like Apollo Anton Ono? Like he made me actually care about speed skating. Like I actually watched speed skating when the Olympics came on because of Apollo Anton Odo. So, and he's, isn't it weird? He's still one of those names. that has been like 20 years since he competed and he's still name a speed skater. We, whether it's the look or the cool name, he's like the one speed skater we can all still name. Right. Or you could have thought about like Sean White as like the snowboarding extreme sports angle. Just, oh. just some other names. Yeah. I thought about trying to sneak in like an X games category, but we had to cut it off somewhere. Yeah, I thought about this too in my everything else where I, I just had this thought as we were kind of going through all of this. Maybe I should have put a skateboarder in there and one in particular, and that's Tony Hawk. I feel like I got to mention Tony Hawk because Tony Hawk's pro skater was a huge part of my form- formative years. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I really, I really cared about skateboarding for like a minute in my life. And it was only because of one name. So to, I feel like Tony Hawk deserves a mention. So I gotta, gotta throw that in there um, did somewhere. Did you have tech decks? I did. I didn't everybody have tech decks. Wasn't everybody doing the finger skateboard thing in middle school? Like I was, I'm pretty sure everybody was. I think I bought one cause my friends had one cause they were like cool skaters for about two years. And I was just yeah. like, oh, I guess I'll just go buy one cause they're $4. By I bought, I mean I begged my mom to buy it because I was cool like that. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like everybody had tech decks, you know, just like everybody had fidget spinners for like a <laughs> minute too. But um, anyways, all right, without further ado, we'll, we'll go ahead and get to the biggest list of the night, apparently. Uh, that's the NFL list. Now, I'll be honest. Before you get, go in, ahead. Before you get into this, uh, I don't know what Andrew's list is, but I was prompted today that there you did something heinous. I did something heinous. I know we don't like to get negative on this fo- this uh, show, but uh, I I despise this man so much that I left <laughs> him off my list. I'm gonna should I let this out now or should I go through my list? Let's do the list. Okay, I'll go through my if list. Notices from. I'm sure somebody will notice that their favorite player is not on here. Um, from from 10 to 1, number 10, okay, I had to put a Green Bay Packer on this list, but it's not the one, either of the two that you think. I put just one on here. I restrained myself. It's Reggie White. I had to give some love to the def- defensive guys, and Reggie White was one of the most, dominant defensive ends in in the history of football. I think the best, I know that you might look at the numbers of a guy like Strahan um, and think he's the best. There's there's actually another guy that's on this list that's better than Reggie White, but I tried to give a lot of love to the defensive guys on my NFL list. And if your offensive guy didn't make it as a result of that, I'm sorry. I apologize, but that's just how it is. So Number 10 for me is Reggie White. Number nine for me, I had to, I had to do this. I don't really like the Bears, but 
I can't deny the talent that's here. And that's sweetness. Number nine for me is Walter Payton. Um, definitely deserves to be on this list. No doubt about it. Um, one of the best running backs of all time, but oddly enough, not the top running back on my list. That's a guy that I just absolutely adore, even though he played against my Packers for many years, but Barry Sanders, I just remember watching the Lions highlights of Barry Sanders and him just making everybody miss. It seemed like absolutely no one could tackle this man. Uh, And even fewer even tried because they were just afraid of getting embarrassed every time this guy touched the ball. Um, Barry Sanders, my number eight on my NFL list. We're going back-to-back Sanders, though, because number seven is primetime Deion Sanders. Um, 49ers, Cowboys, great. Uh, Obviously one of the biggest showboats and – in NFL history, but had the talent to back it up. So give me, give me Deion Sanders at number seven at number six. Again, sticking with the defensive theme, I'm going with the best linebacker of all time. And that's the man in the middle, Ray Lewis, um, Ravens leader for a lot of years. I thought about Ed Reed going in on my list I think of Ray Lewis and Ed Reed together because how could you not? They played for so many years together, but um, Ray Lewis is the original and um, yeah, just one of the greatest linebackers of all time. And so I'm putting him in here at number six, had to give love to the defensive guys. Uh, Number five is a guy that I love as a quarterback, but is not the top quarterback on the list. That's actually coming next. But that's Peyton Manning. Um, you just you saw the greatness with Peyton Manning. A lot of hype with him. I could get into all the stats, but I'm not going too stats heavy on my NFL list so far. I don't know if you noticed that, but this is really more of a gut feel, emotional list for me of like, here's the guys that I really like in my top 10. I feel like that bled through all of my lists, but um, – Again, Peyton Manning, number five. At number four, a quarterback that I like just a little bit more than him, um, that is Joe Montana. Um, You think about him hand-in-hand with Jerry Rice, but Joe Montana really brought the 49ers to a lot of relevancy and made them kind of the, you know, NFL blue blood that they're considered today that really wouldn't have happened without Joe Montana. Um, Number three, I think I put this guy here a lot for his talent, his undeniable talent, but also a lot of the uh, cultural impact as well. And that's Jim Brown. I've got Jim Brown at number three um, listed as my best running back of all time. So Jim Brown, uh, absolutely incredible athlete and football player. So I've got him at number three. Number two is, for me, is um, Lawrence Taylor, LT, the original LT, not LaDainian Tomlinson. A lot of people try to call LaDainian Tomlinson that, but that's Lawrence Taylor. And he was just a mean man on a, on a football field, um, sacked a lot of quarterbacks, absolutely destroyed people. 
I'm kind of upset based off this list that I didn't get to see more of these guys play. Like I would have loved to see the prime of Lawrence Taylor a lot more than what I did. Like I was a, a very young man when Reggie White and, and Barry Sanders and Dion and Lawrence Taylor were kind of moving out of the game. Um, so I didn't get to watch all their careers. I feel like that would have been kind of a great experience, but um, number one for me is the greatest wide receiver of all time. Still the all time leader in, in receiving yards uh, probably won't be matched because of just the pure longevity of this guy's career. And you think about Joe Montana, you got to think about Jerry Rice, the great 49ers receiver, uh, my favorite receiver of all time and the number one player on my list. So there you have it, sports fans. I left off Tom Brady, eat me alive. I don't care. I'll never do it. I'll never, I'll never throw Tom Brady on my personal top 10. I know everybody's got him number one. I'll never subscribe to it. You can't convince me otherwise. Well, that's a, so we had six out of 10, the same, obviously Brady. I was a late to the party on supporting Brady. I denied it as long as I could until I finally was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll recognize his greatness after he won the title with the bucks. So Brady, um, would be number seven on my list. I agree with you on Jerry Rice, not in the exact order, but just being on the list. Jerry Rice, Peyton Manning, Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, and Reggie White. Uh, I had Dick Butkus in mind. I like Butkus a little bit more than LT. I had Anthony Munoz on there. Got to give some love to an offensive lineman. I think he's the best of all time. Uh, Joe Thomas worked his way up there, but I still think Munoz is the best ever. And then Sammy Baugh. I was thinking about guys a Sammy Baugh, Bronco Nagurski, those guys who changed the game and really brought it to the forefront. So I had to get, had to get an old timer in there and Sammy Baugh is kind of the originator of the forward pass and made it a lethal threat. So those are just the guys that I have on there. It's this, this is the tough one that I, it's, it's really tough to narrow down your top 20, something like the NFL did their all time list in 2010. And yeah, Montana would be right up there for me, but guys, we didn't even mention Johnny Unitas, Don Hudson, one of your all time great Packers, uh, Ronnie Lott, Joe Green, Deacon Jones, Otto Graham. There's so many different ways you can go with this. Joe Namath and a big name that I feel like I left off, but probably shouldn't have. And Vikings fans will probably hate me for it. Randy Moss. Yeah, maybe in a top 10 wide receivers only, but I, I think there's Jerry Rice and everybody else in terms of wide receivers. Uh, that's kind of my thought process as well. Um, I feel like maybe you could argue Brett Favre in the top 10, but again, that's more of a, an emotional pick rather than a stats based or a logical based pick, which I'll argue my list is mostly emotional. So uh, whatever, but yeah, I feel like there's, I feel like there's a lot of names. I mean, I obviously thought about Buckus too. And, and mean Joe green, those guys were Ronnie lot. Um, I really wanted to give more love to defensive players, but, felt like I, I gave the appropriate amount and didn't go too quarterback heavy either. That was really my goal with making this list was to not make it all quarterbacks. Just sit here and argue Marino and Favre and Brady and Manning and and Rogers if I want to throw them in there. I, I'm sick of that. So I wanted to I wanted to take a different approach with my NFL list. Also I think Philadelphia Eagle fans would like to have a word with you on claiming Reggie White. As a Packer. Yeah, I'm claiming him as a Packer. I don't care what you say. Uh, he's both. 
Um, obviously great for both, but claiming him as Packer because of the Super Bowl that he helped us win with Brett Favre. So thank you, Reggie White. So to put a bow on this, this we figured we'd go two hours on this. And we're almost there. So if I have this correct, our number one on each list, NFL, Jerry Rice, NBA, Michael Jordan, college football, Barry Sanders, college basketball, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, NHL, Wayne Gretzky, Major League Baseball, Willie Mays, Auto Racing, Richard Petty, Combat Sports, Muhammad Ali, Olympics, Michael Phelps, and everything else, kind of your soccer, tennis, golf, etc., Tiger Woods. So there's yep. your ten there's your ten finalists. Who's number one? This is a curveball that I did not expect, but um <laughs> just when you think you have the answers, I change the questions. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many different approaches that you can uh you can take to this. I'm gonna make a emotional pick and just because of my love of basketball i'm gonna go ahead and take michael jordan um but i really think it's a uh it's a gretzky michael phelps conversation tiger maybe well i I think that's and again we left it or i intentionally left it open-ended the greatness conversation what is greatness is it they were this far ahead of their field cultural relevance uh because, again, I think a lot of these are tough. Jerry Rice, Michael Jordan, you can debate those. The college sports, you can debate those. Um, auto racing, baseball. Because you look at that, it's, well, on one hand, it's Wayne Gretzky because he's the most dominant in his field, but he doesn't feel like he's quite as special as MJ, Tiger. You know, for me, it's kind of, it's like Gretzky, Phelps. I would say Jerry Rice would be in there and then Tiger, but some people don't even think Tiger's the best the best golfer. So it is. It is tough for me. It's just, what do you think of greatness? Is it icon status or, you know, again, a lot of different parameters and ways to cut it. Yeah, 100%. So I'm just going to stick to Michael Jordan because that's my answer. Um, and will probably be my answer 10 years from now, unless LeBron wins a bunch of championships and my answer will switch to LeBron. I'm going to, I'm just going to do something wild here. Let me say Wayne Gretzky because nobody else in his peer group is anywhere close to him. I know he's Canadian. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fine. Um, I mean, I I know who Wayne Gretzky is as a basketball fan as someone who doesn't really watch a lot of ho- hockey, but yeah, I, I think that's totally cool. Oh, fun fact. Yes. Um, about, Six or seven years ago, Wayne Gretzky's nephew actually played quarterback for the Grinnell Tigers. Random. Very random. So it was like Dustin Johnson, his aunt, or is it the other side of the or uncle? Or is it like the other side of the family? I I don't know which side it was, but like yeah, it's it was his nephew Hmm. that played for So that was very interesting, but he was pretty good. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but yeah, I'll have to go back and dig up some Iowa high school football stats and get back to you with a name. Nice. So there we have it. Our top 100 athletes in the history of American sports and a few extra we tacked on there for fun. 
uh, a nice exercise for us to do and really think about this and to talk about the sports that we love and really dig deep and find out why we love the sports and the people who have made it possible for the last 150 years, if you want to go back on some of these and we're able to stand here today and talk about it, something that we love and are passionate about and like to have fun. So we are sports fans through and through on all fronts. And uh, to get on my emotional soapbox, thank you all for joining us and being with us on this adventure and this journey and always looking for new things to do. So kind of tweaking our online presence a little bit, some website stuff, some adding more channels and platforms, ways to get our word out there. And we're not a, a professional outlet by any means. We don't have a big staff sitting behind the glass. It is two of us getting out here talking and kind of learning how to record and edit and do all that on the fly. So it's been a, a fun process and trying to find ways to get better month by month and new things to do. Uh, anything else that you want to get to this week on our actual current event sports calendar? I know you're addicted to playing basketball right now and we're gearing up for the draft and there's seems like every sport has something going on in April. Yeah, absolutely. Every sport does. No, not, nothing sports related. I just want to say it's good to be on uh, episode 100 and, you know, I uh, got some cake lined up for episode 100, so I need to go eat some cake after we get off this episode. I I mean, I'm joking. I don't actually have cake lined up, but um, did you ever think you would make it 100 episodes when you started this? Because I was thinking about this today, 100 episodes. I mean, we've been, you've been recording, you know, I've been here for some of the episodes, not all of the episodes, but uh, every week, and that's almost two years now right of every every week recording maybe a little bit off and on there but like did you ever think when you started episode one hey i'm gonna make it to 100 it was it was i won't say it was a goal but it was something we were kind of thinking about of okay let's see if we can get to 100 just because it would be so cool to say we did it and this show took many twists and turns as i was getting it getting going so luckily we're able to find andrew and bring him in as other people have kind of come and gone by the wayside or people aren't as available so it's nice to get a rotation so yeah it's it's never thought that we would get to 100 and be able to stick with it uh actually our two-year anniversary was sometime in march i completely completely skipped it um it was like oh hey look at that we got to 100 and i didn't even realize Nice. On our just just over our two year anniversary, though, could have almost lined those up exactly in the middle of March Madness, but I missed it. That's going to be it for episode one hundred. Fantastic to reach. Thank you for coming along in this ride with us. Andrew will be back next week for episode one hundred and one. We're going to finally get around to some NFL free agency and start lining up some players for the draft. And then in two weeks, we'll have our actual official mock draft. Kevin and Shannon back on with us and do our typical rotation. We'll have all that for you next week on episode 101 of the Sports Gospel Show. Thank you all for joining us.